I'm clumsy, made friends with the floor Two for one, you know a bitch by four And two left feet, you know I always drop My first thing a girl did was a bop And a whole damn cake and a cherry on top Shook up the bottom made a good girl pop You ain't even here to party Can in the club tryna pipe a Barbie I don't wanna go, go, go with the flow Back then till I touch my toes I don't wanna roll, roll, roll the blow Wrist full of rocks and I hope I flow Big up yourself cause you know they don't I chew, chew, chew cause they hope I show I'm a bitch, I'm a boss I'm a bitch and a boss, I'ma shine like glass. I'm a bitch, I'm a boss. I'm a bitch and a boss, I'ma shine like glass. I'm a bitch, I'm a boss. I'm a bitch and a boss, I'ma shine like glass. I'm a bitch, I'm a boss. I'm a bitch and a boss, I'ma shine like glass. Say bitch on the after, you been the before. I've been the stallion, you've been the seahorse. Don't need a report, don't need a press run. All of my bad picks been all my best ones. I wear the hat and I wear the pants. I am advanced, so I get advanced and I do my dance and cancel the plans. And you don't be mad 'cause you had a chance. Yeah, I took it and I ran. I'm a boss, I'm a bitch and I boss, I'm a shine like glass, I'm a bitch, I'm a boss, I'm a bitch and I boss, I'm a shine like glass, I'm a bitch, I'm a boss, I'm a bitch and I boss, I'm a shine like glass, I'm a bitch, I'm a boss, I'm a bitch and I boss, I'm a shine like glass. Podcast, a podcast for all things DC. Today is Saturday, February 15th, 2020, and you're listening to episode 9, Just Saw You. My name is Mikey from Detroit. My name is Haley from South Jersey. My name is Jamari from Orlando. My name's Kwamani from Memphis. And my name is Mike from North Carolina. Um, and we have um, one other person who might be joining us later, so um, if she pops in, we'll get her thoughts. But um, So basically today we're going to be talking about Birds of Prey when we're doing our like review, breakdown, analysis episode. Um, it was supposed to come early this week, but we had some technical difficulties, so we had to push it back. Um, but I guess uh, first we can start off with just overall thoughts on the movie. Um, and so... I feel like we should talk to our Harley fan first. Uh, Jamari, uh, can you tell everybody what you thought of the movie and, like, did it satisfy, like, your Harley love or whatever? I really enjoyed this movie. It definitely satisfied my, like, five-year, like, craving to see Harley on screen again since Suicide Squad. Yeah. And I really... I feel like... The movies, I don't know where I rank it as, like, in my overall, like, all-time favorite movies, but it's pretty close to I, Tonya, which is, like, 
been my number one since 2017. It's such a good movie. It really is. Yeah, it was great. There's actually a lot of similarities, too, when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but as, as, as for me, um, I thought that the movie was fantastic. Um, you know, everybody might know I was a little bit nervous about this movie. Not because I didn't think it looked good, just because I was worried that it wouldn't perform well at the box office just because of the marketing. And we can talk about that later, but um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. I really loved the the tone of it, I thought it was really violent, but also it was a lot of fun. I loved all the characters. I thought that Marco Robbie nailed it once again. Um, but I also thought that, like, everybody else, you know, it wasn't just the Harley show, which I appreciated. Um, I mean, Margot's so good that, like, I would have been fine with that, but I was glad it wasn't. You know, I, I thought that, like, all the Birds of Prey got a chance to shine, like, in one scene to call their own. Um, so I really enjoyed it, and I, I've been, I've seen it like four times already, and I want to see it again, but uh, it's just kind of weather problems in, in my city, so I haven't had the chance. But I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I have to say um, that being, I, I'm a really big Harley Quinn fan too, and I I think that this movie was <clears throat> was incredible. Like when I went in, I didn't realize I, I heard a lot of people talking about it saying it's very uh, like Tarantino-esque and I really didn't before I saw the movie I really didn't understand what they could be referring to um like I know he has a different uh, you know kind of film that he makes but I just didn't know how it would how it would make sense in this situation but when I saw it I totally like understood it and I thought it was amazing and I just love the like um the like uh non-lineage like linear um storytelling how it was like all different pockets of stories and I thought it was just incredible I think Margot definitely nailed it again as Harley and I love to see Journey as Black Canary and Huntress and I can't even talk about how much I love Roman and Zaz you guys already know <laughs> that I'm obsessed with them but I thought the movie as a whole was just yeah. incredible it was so good <clears throat> I loved how I, n- nothing was oversaturated it was like you said the tone and I also love the idea of seeing Gotham in the daytime and I thought it was uh they used that really interesting because like even after the club they showed you the next morning in the alley you know what I mean they didn't show you her leaving at night that night which I thought was really cool because we don't get a chance to see Gotham in the daytime as often you know (laughs) as we would like so it's interesting that they did it in that way uh yeah definitely Birds of Prey was a phenomenal experience for me um this is just it was just a fantastic movie from the beginning to end up from the way that the scenes were shot um the action of the film definitely didn't skimp out on anything like that so just seeing these badass women kick all of the ass was dope the drama also another thing that they didn't skimp out because you would assume with all of love you know with with harley quinn being this you know a central figure in the movie you would think that it'll be lighthearted and jokey and stuff of that nature and it most certainly is but when it's time to you know to feel the dramatic weight of the story not just with the other characters but with harley quinn you definitely feel it and it's it lands and it hits you as, as well as the hilarious jokes and the the hard hits that come in the movie it's definitely ranks among my top superhero comic book movies however you wish to quantify it and Kathy Ann definitely put a foot in it with this one and definitely wanted to see more of these characters and more of <laughs> what Kathy Ann can bring to the table. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so I think that, um, you know, obviously we're going to be going into spoilers with this movie. So, but I, I think, the, you know, before we do that, the thing that I'm most interested, you know, to get um, you guys take on is like, when I saw it for the first time, I just distinctly remember my theater went insane. Like they just, they were loving it. Like, they were laughing, yeah. and, like, they were, you know, clapping, and, like, you know, like, all the right parts, too, and, like, every joke landed. And so I was just wondering, you know, because we have the whole controversy about Birds of Prey right now, and, like, the box office and stuff. And so before we get to talking about spoilers, I just wanted to know, like, did you guys, like, how did your theaters react? Like, were, did it seem like they enjoyed it, or, like, did you hear any of the conversation after the movie? Because, like, for me, both times when I saw it when the movie was over... Like, I, I, especially the first time I saw it at a press screening, I, I, like, when I left out, I stood by, like, the door. All I heard was people say, oh, I love that movie. It was so good. I love it so much. And this is not just, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, like, women at the press screening, but this is not just women also. This is, like, women, men, like, people of all ages, um, because they do, like, mixed screenings. So, like, it's not just critics, it's, like, you know, fans, too. And so I thought that was really cool. So, you know, I was just wondering, did you guys have that experience? Yeah, I mean, in my theater, um, it was, first of all, packed. So, like, and it was an opening weekend, but it was packed. And there was tons of different kinds of people, too. Like, uh, there was, you know, some younger people, groups of just all males, like, (laughs) just a bunch of dudes, like, in, you know, in their 20s. And then there was, like, couples, of course, and there was a lot of, like, laughter in my theater and a lot of engagement in, you know, with the comedy, for sure. And I do remember at the end, there was a group of guys, like, in front of me, like, in their mid-20s. At the end, they were just talking about the canary cry, and they were like, I swear, if she didn't do the canary cry, I was going to say, what the point, What was the point of this movie? But when it, when it happened, I loved it, or whatever. They were, like, giving props to the film, so this whole discourse of men hating the film. <laughs> I saw a lot of groups of guys yeah. there. They were all enjoying the film. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, this definitely didn't keep, uh, like, male moviegoers away Ow. cough, cough yeah. to a certain critic. Um, right. <laughs> like, I know there, even, especially when I went to see it the second time, there were a lot of guys there. Almost yeah. more guys than women there. <laughs> and yeah, right. they all really enjoyed it. So. Exactly. So, I don't know. I just feel like... Um, that's just a you know a fake discourse that's created, but I also think that maybe some of the haters are like coming around now and coming to see it also. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel. So well, in other words, just because they're not in booty shorts doesn't mean that they weren't attracted to something. Right. Exactly, Ooh. or interested, or you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I can definitely, I can definitely speak on that regard. But, um, yeah, with my theater's uh, reception of Birds of Prey, it was very positive. They, you know, when the, everything that was supposed to land, land, and the reactions that the movie wanted you to get, it got from it. There was never no no awkward groans or, you know, no looks from what I can tell. I, I was mainly focused on the screen, but when I was looking around, it wasn't no, you know, no, you know, looks of just, you know, just, you know, Wow, I said that like 18 times at this point. There, what I'm trying to say, there wasn't any bad looks on anyone's face. There <laughs> That's wasn't okay. Any, there wasn't anyone upset or cringed out at the movie. And I know for yeah. me personally, and uh, well, first I want to give a shout out to one of the guys 
he was rocking the Harley Quinn seat, uh, the Harley Quinn taped up plastic jacket at the premiere. That was dope. <laughs> and I know for me personally, when them credits hit, I was ready to run through a wall. I was hyped up, geeked up about everything. <laughs> I saw. So I know just speaking on me personally. Yeah, now this is coming from this is coming from a, a, str- a straight black guy that you know that people will, will people will swear wouldn't have any interest in this movie because apparently I need to see these women in absurd you know absurdly scantily clothes and I need to look a certain way which is complete BS because I was sold on the movie from the first teaser so I don't know why this is now why this was even a discourse about guys only would care for this movie if they were the most sexualized versions of these characters but I digress this movie was hype it was I really wanted to see this movie my main takeaway when the credits rolled were I want to see these characters interact with the larger DCEU I want to see them with Guy yeah. and Jason and Ezra and the Justice League and stuff of that na- stuff of that nature as as well yeah. as their own continued adventures in the the underbelly of Gotham so that was yeah. my reaction to it agreed um so i guess now we can go into talking about the spoilers for the movie so okay. um if you haven't seen Birds of Prey, you should probably first of all you should go see it because go see the movie. All the support <laughs> <you get. laughs> so that's yeah. first and foremost. But also you should just see it because it's a great movie, like and I, I really think you're like it's it's one of those movies where you just have a good time. Like you just like yeah. you're in a bad mood, you go see Birds of Prey, like you're gonna come out like with a smile because it's really a fun time. So and also we don't wanna ruin any of the twist for you so I definitely think you should go see it and then come back and then you can listen to this part alright so now we can get into spoilers um, so obviously we have to talk about the end with, with Black Man mm-hmm. yeah. because that's the thing that everybody was kind of like mixed reaction and I have to say when I first saw the movie I was like what the hell um, but like, like as time has gone by I <laughs> I, I can appreciate it a little bit more. Like I, I still don't love it that we're not going to see him again. But I, 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 I think it was smart because you know at the end of the day, so many of these like you know blockbuster superhero movies have this like formidable villain that somehow is like such a big threat and they they don't kill them and then everybody's just okay. Yeah. So I like that there were consequences. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like that we're not going to see him again, but I did like there being consequences at the end of it. So, how did you guys feel about that? Well, I think that um, I think that for the movie itself, like as a, if you're looking at this as a just a film and not you know the DCEU or DC or any kind of you know backstory or future story potential, it's a good idea for the film. It was shock value. It was violent it would you know what I mean like it worked for the film but yes it, that character yeah. Roman Sionis was played Ewan played him so well it was such a good villain he was so scary but like uncomfortable but like charming it was just such a good character all in all so when you're looking at the grand scheme of things it is upsetting because you want to see it's just one of those characters villains you want to keep seeing like he's Perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's that was my reaction. Like when I was watching the film, I was like, like that was pretty cool. Like it was shock value. Like I said, like it was like holy shit. It was good for that, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm pretty upset. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, okay. Well, yeah, for me personally, I was definitely shocked above all else. I wouldn't say, you know, too. I wouldn't say I was angry at any point. I was just like, whoa, that happened. I was yeah. yeah. I really wasn't expecting that. But um, I kind of like because I, I I'm kind of looking at it from uh, uh, the reasoning behind it and of outside of the movie because I we all like we know Ewan has to commit to the Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series and Lord knows how that's going to eat up all yeah. of his time and for a character like Black Mask you know there's a, he also if he be kept alive would be feasibly used down the road in a lot more DC movies in the Gotham side of that. So I, I like I say, it's there's certain I'm not I'm not um, unused to characters, villains dying in superhero movies. I think the the current well I, I well yeah the current string of Marvel movies kinda have it ingrained that, you know, we kinda don't really pay attention to the villains long enough to know if they survived or not. So it's it is refreshing to have a villain that you know had so much screen time and was so charismatic that you cared and was shocked that he died in the first place. But I also have some alternate yeah. thoughts on, as to why that direction was chose. Also, outside of you know scheduling conflicts and stuff of that nature. But all in all, I loved I love Roman. He was awesome. He was dope. But um, yeah, it is <laughs> what it is. Yeah, like. I went, I was, like, going into the movie, like, hoping that, like, oh, um, Gotham City Sirens is going to happen after this, and then whatever happens in this, we'll see Roman get his revenge in that movie. And then, so when that Roman's happened, revenge. I was just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, <laughs> sure. But the audience did, have, like, a very, like, positive reaction to that I would say like it did get a lot of laughs throughout the theater and on second thought while like this is like a big Batman villain that you're like that they like brought in and then only to use for one movie but then it does kind of like hone in on the idea that like Birds of Prey like really does not care about building like it's it wasn't going in to build a franchise. It was like right. this is a standalone and if yeah. something right. happens. This was then... for this movie. Yeah. yeah. So I did like that. Yeah. Yeah, it... and I think that we talked about before, like it could have been like contractual things. Like he, he could only sign on for one movie. Like it is what it is. Let's make it as good as possible. Let's, you know, really shock yeah. the audience. Yeah, definitely. And I think that like like um like I agree, like when I when I saw it, the the audience did laugh at that part and they got a really big laugh. I mean, um some people like gasped and were like, What? But as soon as Cass was like the ring, I knew what it was and I was like, Oh my god, no. Yeah. Um, so so um, <laughs> some people did laugh at that and gasped at that. Yeah. So I think for the movie it was good. Um and like I said, I do like their consequences. I'm just not sure how I feel that we're never going to see him again because he was so fantastic. And we can get into the, you know, Zaz and Roman third section later. But <laughs> but he was just great. And I just, uh, um, but enough about 
the men in this movie. Let's talk about the women because they're the <laughs> yes. We're the here. women's, women's, so, women's, women's. So, um, I, as you guys know, Renee Montoya was my favorite. I loved her so much. I thought she was fantastic. Like every joke mm-hmm. about her, like the "I shaved my balls" T-shirt, like the mm-hmm. you know, when she was. When she when she knocked away Harley's egg sandwich, like it was just so funny. Like, um, but like you were never laughing at her; you always were laughing with her. And I think that's because Rosie has like such a commanding presence. So I thought Renee was fantastic. Um, I, I mean, I loved all the women, especially Black Canary too. Um, but I thought Renee was great. I just uh, I loved her. And I, I, of all the women, yeah. of all the characters in the movie, I would I, th- I would be most interested in seeing her in like a, a movie or TV series spinoff uh, because I think they could really do a lot with like the 80s cocktail, like, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like that whole thing. So, yes. Um, but I guess uh, you guys, if you just want to talk about like who your favorites were and like, you know, why you like them or whatever. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go um, with Huntress for me. It's, it's it's always a tie between Huntress and Black Canary for different reasons, but they both excel so well at those reasons. I just it just hasn't left my mind. With I'll go with Huntress first. No, I'll start with Black Canary first. Um, Black Canary, she's <laughs> she she was such a commanding force in the movie from her introduction. Yeah. First, I just want to before I go any further, I just want to give a quick shout out to how they introduced each of the main characters outside of Harley. With their profile and then their names, their code names that's going to be in the movie and with the yeah. stylized, that was dope. Yeah, I mean, that was very Suicide Squad. I liked it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, Black Canary, she was just so commanding from her introductory um, scene where she's singing It's a Man's World. Yes. And then just how she approached everything from a, a, a place of kindness and sarcasm and just her whole arc as she's goes from the singer to the show four and then finally to the show stopping ass kicker and that and the whole throughout the throughout (laughs) the course of the movie and her when her first fight scene was dope and when she finally let loose with the goose the canary cryer that was another amazing thing just (laughs) and then her whole reluctance as well to to really help renee when she from when you know she became the quote unquote informant and to you know hinting at her mother's past as a as a vigilante in Gotham and how that turned out it was very compelling and Journey smashed it to pieces and it was yeah. dope and then you have Huntress on the other side of that spectrum who was playing this recluse badass assassin seeking revenge on the people who destroyed her family but not being afraid to play it slightly silly by making you know highlighting just how awkward she is because of how reclusive she yeah. is like and of course the whole cross the whole crossbow killer <laughs> joke gag <laughs> going out the movie that everyone assumed yeah. her was a crossbow killer but in reality they would die before she would say no it's Huntress and, it, 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 <laughs> and then especially once everybody was convening in the third act and was, you know, getting to know each other and seeing her interactions with the other birds. And then at the end, when she's at, when they're, you know, celebrating and everything in the dialogue there, it was just Mary Elizabeth Winstead nailed all of it. And the action sequences were amazing from her and Journey. Those yeah. two. 
and love Renee, love me some Rosie Perez. She definitely brought the levity that was needed as well as trying, you know, trying to tie everything together. And, you know, I, like you said, those 80s, <laughs> her 80s cops, the one liner, those were, they were hilarious. <laughs> and her, and it really, in her unbreakable spirit and her never give up attitude, that was another thing that was very, hit very strong because she didn't just play it for cornballness yeah. or cheesiness. Yeah. She hit it out the park with very, with a lot of sincerity. Yeah, I have to say, each character really, like, they really brought it in each character. They're, and I love how much potential they did set up for the future. Like, not considering, you know, money and numbers and everything, but, like, just the material that they gave us through these different character types. Like, we saw, like, a, a strange dynamic between um, Renee and Dinah. So we don't, you know, as far as, like, she's calling her when something goes wrong and, like, there, and like the fact that um, she knew about the canary cry and told her to use it and knew the power that, you know, Dinah had in her, you know, for that. So I think that's interesting to play off. But I love how Huntress's storyline was like a little escape from the, from the, you know, bigger story, but also it tied into the whole plot. So that was really interesting as well. I think that each character played their role so well that it, it just, it just completely um, helped one another. Like it kind of like dives in and out of different uh, possibilities for the future and just different dynamics. And it, it really worked all, they were, they did so well all together as a team. So I think each actress brought so much to, to all three of those roles and not to mention Margot as Harley. I can't, that's not even, I'm not even including her cause she killed it. She always yeah. kills it. She is Harley. So, <laughs> but you already know how I feel about that. But I just think that each character did such a good job at that. I, I think for me, just seeing each character's introduction and how they intertwine with each other, I felt like it was like less and more with each one because it just gave you just enough to even want more of each of these characters. Everybody was great, and I can't even really say I got a favor. I think, for real, it would be Huntress, but each person was, like, introduced very well, and I really want more of each one, and I hope each one gets to come back and replay these roles, because it's like, what else can we get from them? Because I need more. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I really like how like all the women kind of like held their own like next to Margot as Harley. I really thought Journey's Smollett Bell's Black Canary was a force to be reckoned with. Yes, I agree. Huntress was surprisingly <laughs> funny. I didn't expect her to be as hilarious as she was. Like the talking in the mirror bit was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I also love the way she would just say, like, um, like you know what my name is, or like you know what they call me, like. like <laughs> she practiced in the mirror. <laughs> Her delivery was great. Yeah. Yeah. Cassandra Kane, she's not the most comics accurate. She's not really comics accurate at all. But I thought Ella yeah. J. Basco was amazing, regardless. Renee Montoya. Of what she was given, me. I agree. Yeah. Most definitely. Yes, Ella definitely. Ella definitely. No, I was saying Ella definitely avoided the the young child, the young annoying child trope that yeah. some movies um, unfortunately fall into. She definitely mm-hmm. was a a reasonable part of it. She didn't feel shoehorned uh, to for, to make a long story short. She fit in the movie. 
And even even though we can lament how um uncomic book accurate she is, she's yeah. still the version this version of Cassandra Kane still stands pretty strong, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And if anyone has any issues, like take it up with like the creative aspect. Don't like come for her. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Right, we it was all, a creative we all... way to do that. Yeah. And we all said like she could have been any kind of character. You know, she didn't have to be Cass Kane, of course, but maybe there was a reasoning behind that choice or whatever the case is. And and there is possibility for the future to um, go back to those roots yeah, that sure. are more accurate. Right. Um, so just, just to kind of break in the conversation for a second, uh, we are being joined by Tabitha. Say hi, Tab. Hello. Hey, Tab. Uh, so, hey, Tabitha. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tab, did you want to give, because we, we talked about overall thoughts when we went to spoilers, did you want to give overall thoughts on Birds of Prey, like, like, maybe, like, your first reaction when you saw it, and, like, because I know you just saw it again, so, like, maybe after you got to think about it some more, what was your, like, overall thoughts? Yeah, um, okay, first, thought, when I first saw it, I was, I kind of was in, like, it's still like a pinch me moment because even though you see the trailers and um, TV spots and like, it's like you knew the movie was happening. It's still like, okay, we have black canary in a movie, (laughs) Harley Quinn, like in a movie. It's still like, okay, I never thought I'd see Helena Bertinelli in a movie. Like I never thought I'd see the Huntress in a movie. Like finally, Especially, like, characters like um, Renee Montoya. Like, I never thought I'd see her in a movie. (laughs) So it still was a pinching moment. And um, overall, I thought the girls did so great. Like, it's such an exciting movie. I've been saying for months, like, this is a team-up movie of, like, what comic fans have asked for, a team-up movie of girls so we can see more representation in the comic Um, movie industry and like we finally have that so for me I know when I first saw it, I was just so excited and so hyped and like even though I know Marco was Harley it's still when you're sitting there like damn she plays a good ass Harley like damn <laughs> she that's Harley Quinn it's like right. uncanny <laughs> a little bit like she literally brings the character to life and then um mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't expecting me to like um Ewan McGregor as um Roman so much, Black Mass. Like I was mm-hmm. legitimately terrified of his character. Like, okay, this guy is right. freaking psych- psycho. And when, he, <laughs> when psycho. he put the mask on. Yeah. Like, and then that one scene where they're at the um amusement place and he just I never get over this. I watched the movie two, three times, and it's still like that split second where he gets out the car and it's like slow motion. Mm-hmm. I'm oh like, my okay, God. that's kind of. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. That was like really like whoa. It's like it's, it's kind of scary. Second, yeah. And yeah, then, it's um, like intimidating. Yeah, yeah, and then I yeah when you I got out not, the car, I was like, that's like man. Yeah, yeah. I did not like. Um, <clears throat> Zazzy at all. I know some some people are like, 
Yeah, like I know Chris, the actor who played him, did a great job with the character. Um, he was terrifying to me. Um, I would say, like, stand out for me. Like, obviously, the girls did great, but really, like, Ronan and Zazzy, Ewan McGregor, and Chris Messina, for me, that was like, okay, they did that. For me, they did a great job of being like terrifying. Okay, yeah, like, I, I love not them. want to be in the vicinity of those guys because they're assholes. Their chemistry. Yeah. Right. It was the chemistry that yes. they was giving off. It was like yeah. so you can good. feel you can feel the <clears throat> the evil tension and the that sexual tension scene? and the best friend tension. Like it was all the right club there scene. every time. Yeah. That club scene was just like it had me on the edge of my seat. I didn't know yes. what it was. It was so uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to watch in a good way. Like the kind of uncomfortable you want to feel <laughs> from a from a performance. And, and I said this before, but Journey, I love her. Can't wait. Um, Dinah, like I cannot wait till we get a Black Canary movie because yes. I'm <laughs> out the park. I'm so excited. So that's that's what I thought of the movie. Um obviously I loved it if I saw it three times. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. um, oh, I just wanted to touch back on the scene where they were going to Amusement Mile to, to start the third act and just the score, the way the, the cover of Hit Me With Your Best Shot playing and just so how good. somber it was and how all of the plot points were now converging, you know, Zaz talking about, you know, how he found out um, Dinah had betrayed Black Mask and seeing his deterioration because he just couldn't believe it and you know him donning the black mask assembling all of these you know these criminals to help him and shout outs to Shad from Crime Time he was a former wrestler he was one of the main um, enemies the birds were fighting in the final fight scene I just learned that so if you if y'all are wrestling fans be on the lookout for him he's the one of the main black enemies black black dude enemies in the fight scene but yeah, just that whole sequence of them converging and then seeing how Harley's trying to come to grips about she's betraying this this young woman she was taken under her wing, but now she feels like she's just yeah. over everything. And then we see Huntress, you know, finally converging and trying to see how she, because we still don't know how she fits into all of this outside of the diamond, because we assume that's the main reasoning until we learn exactly why she's going to, you know, go where Zaz is because he was one of the people, spoilers, who murdered mm-hmm. her family. And, you know, seeing Renee sober up to finally put uh, the nail in the coffin to this case, it's just all great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, think I will say... Like... I, I don't know. I've seen all the TV spots and I've seen the actors talk about one of the main points of the movie, um, misogyny and, you know, how the girls deal with that in the real world. And it's still like seeing the movie was still like, oh, okay. Like that, that scene where um, Journey first saves Margot and like her getting in the car and like hesitating for a second and then deciding to go back. Yeah. yeah. And then like when um Zazie like had um Harley on the floor paralyzed and like he was saying on like it was still like a moments that resonated especially the club scene where it's like okay like they really did show a, a real depiction of what it's like to be obviously they said they would and and obviously Kathy Ann and Christina Hunts 
I mean, I think they did a great job portraying that like real life terror of. Yes, I agree. And I don't think it was shoved down your throat either. Like you were trying to say, like it was like subtle, but it was like real. Like it was like, this is really what happens. Like, yeah, I agree. They did a good job at that. Yeah. And I think that like for all the people that are saying like, oh, um, you know, the movie is like anti-male or it's excluding men, like at the end of the day, women have to deal with this stuff in real life. So I think it would be irresponsible for the movie not to right. touch on it. You know? Like, and it, and so, it's not I mean, that it's anti-male. It's anti, like, scumbag, like, abuser. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> not anti-just male. Like, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, I don't think every female-led movie has to, like, coddle or, like, hold up men. Like, you know, they, right. they can show the men that are abusers or... You know, because, like, realistically, how much of that do we have? We don't really have that much of that. Right. So. And, I, and, and I, I think the thing that gets me is that when people are like, oh, this movie only has, um, is only about, like, like women hating men or something like that, or that all men in this movie are bad. bad. But it's yes. like, it's showing, it's like, let's not pretend, like, misogynistic men don't exist because they right. do and just because the movie is showcasing that is not maybe like, that's because there are them <laughs> in exactly. real life it's like gotham is a big ass city that's that not every single man in gotham was shown in that movie so this is just exactly. spotlighting a specific type of situation that is more common than people think right 20 it's years of like- gotham how many good men are left and how many stayed that way period (laughs) i think it says a lot about um people especially men if your first reaction to that movie is like oh anti-male like yeah if that's that's your first reaction (laughs) right i think you need to look inside yourself because that doesn't (laughs) make sense yeah and I'll just, and it's like, yeah. and my, my biggest critique of the notion that, oh, there's no good men or there should be good examples of men in this movie is like, why though? Like, like as, as a, again, as a straight male, why does that need to be in this movie for it, doesn't it to need be to, Exactly. Like, exactly. It doesn't why need do, to. Why does it matter? And we'll get into the larger, the larger problem with whoever who said this, but why does Black Mask have to be presented in a, a, a respectable way? He's a, he's a, a villain. <laughs> he's a villain. He does yeah. atro- he does atrocious a things. Psychopath. He's yeah. a psychopath. Like, have you met anybody from a mafia? Like, uh, like, <laughs> like the only thing Black Mask has to succeed in is being menacing. He doesn't have to be a yeah. good person. He doesn't have his lot. He have a have character have, arc. <laughs> he doesn't have to have a character arc. He doesn't have to follow logic. He just has to be menacing and convince you that this is a person that you want to see right. the heroes beat. He doesn't have to be relatable. He doesn't have to be <laughs> the most outstanding example of or reflection of our world if that's not the right. intention of it. That's just though that's just would be cherries on top if chosen to be. But it doesn't like there didn't have to be some shoehorned in guy, you know, guy dude that's like, oh yeah, Harley Quinn. I, I you know, you might be robbing me, but go ahead, girl power. That doesn't need because that doesn't need to be done because the, <laughs> the, the, the established. My, area. my, I would just want to say my friend made a really good point about what you're saying, Q. Um, like, I think because people are so used to seeing in certain movies, especially comic book movies from certain you know, certain other companies, like, there's always, with the bad guy, there's, like, 
a funny aspect of it like yeah where the audience will giggle like he's not really menacing he's like you know relatable sort of like he'll make a funny joke and like in this movie like black mask isn't funny he's terrifying no, yeah and i don't think the general like some people are just they're not used to that in a villain you have a like especially from other movies you have villains who like giggle and laugh and make stupid jokes they're right. not exactly menacing the way black mask is and people aren't used to that but that's the the end of the day remember this is a character known infamously in the comics for his method of like torturing right it's like aside from that like the um the snot bubble thing like he was like cutting up people's faces so it's like an entire family at that point, to be exact. Mm-hmm. He cut up. He right. took out an entire lifeline, like an entire generation of folks, right. just just so they just because they wouldn't do business with him. So, I don't because of a snot bubble. <laughs> life, people killing other people because they don't get what they want. But yeah. I know. I think another part of like the whole it's a real life. It's it's showing more like real life situations. It's like some women out there like like about it being all bad. All males are bad in the movie. Some women out there, every male they know is bad. You know that's very real. Like some yeah. women yeah. don't have a good male in their life, and that's just real life for some people. Yeah. Some women. And I mean, and I mean, we're talking about Harley Quinn, who literally was in like the most toxic, abusive relationship exactly. ever. Yeah. It makes sense that like. You know, she would be like her villain would be somebody equally toxic. You know, another so, toxic right. male seeing her as vulnerable. Ex- exactly what the plot of the movie is. Yeah. So. I mean, I think like a, a good point that somebody mentioned to me. Um, you know, I, I I talked to a friend after she saw the movie, and she was like, "Well, I mean, at the end of the day, when they have you know when they have male action movies, is every female character a good portrayal of women?" Or no. is it like a bunch of, you know? No, women, <laughs> they could be know, there for just vanity. Like, yeah, just just for the sake of having, you know, sex appeal. Like, mm-hmm. so and we don't we don't complain about that. So why are we complaining about, you know, like it's it's, it's, right. it's a double standard. Like, totally. why is it suddenly have for female led movies to do this? Yeah, yeah. Like I remember. That's not to say that. That's not to say that like female movies that do do this like. Or, like, have a strong, like, good example of a male character. That's not to say that's a bad thing. It's just to say not every female action movie has to do that. You know, like... Absolutely. Not every movie's gonna be a Charlie's Angel situation where it's cooked into, like, there might be a prominent male, a good guy male character in it. Sometimes it'll just be an all-girl show. And they got a whoop tail on on a bad dude. And that's just it. And also... Just and just to put to bed just how stupid this whole oh it's only bad the only bad guys in the movies are guys. There's at least four separate instances in this movie where a, a lady character gets clapped because they're evil. Like it, like it's not this isn't a situation. This this is a situation I believe where it's being yeah. overblown because it's because of the fifty fifty of DC movie all women movie. And they have the nerve to embrace both of those aspects instead of half-assing it. And that's going to piss the usual suspects off. And they're trying to spin it into a, it being a problem when it really isn't. 
Yeah, and can I also just say, um, we have a hat. You know, anybody listening to this right now, we have a hashtag reason for BLP. If you wanna like chime in on this subject or you know share why it's important to support this kind of movie, um, and you know people are real pressed to this hashtag about it. But at the end of the day, this is real life. You know, this stuff really does happen. Like you know, misogynists exist, and like. And I also love that, like, I remember a certain critic that we're going to trash in, in later on in the episode. And I remember she said that, oh, <laughs> you know, she was excited about how, about Black Mass potentially being gay because she thought that, like, you know, women and gay men would have, like, a close relationship. But at the end of the day, just because you're gay does not block you from being a misogynist. So, like, I, I like that they kept that aspect of it, you know? So, like, I, I just, I thought that was really a good idea. Because, I, I, you know, I didn't want Black Mask to be, like, the villain that's not really a villain. I mean, this is Black Mask. Like, even in the comics, he's, like, known as being this, like, violent, right. you know, person yes. who attacks yeah. women. And, you know, so I, I, I just, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, like, there's that fear that they might dumb him down a little bit or give him a joking aspect or like not make him as menacing or as scary for like the general audience and it's like no give us that give us that version of black mass who's like terrifying and yeah 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 um but um enough about that we can we can keep talking about the movie so i love like just about the movie itself um you know, we've talked a lot about the other birds of prey, rightfully so, because they were all great. But um, I want to talk about Harley because, I mean, obviously, this is this movie is a, you know, the forefront of the movie is Harley's breakup with the Joker, and so I, I thought that Margot Robbie, you know, we've all said we thought she did a great job, and I agree. Um, but the main thing I loved about Harley here is like her like, the narration, like, a lot of people said, oh, this is, like, Deadpool, it's, like, Tarantino, and, yeah, I mean, there's shades of that, but I think it's also really unique to Margaret Robbie's Harley, the way that she speaks to, like, the way she does the voiceover, because she kind of comments on, like, she kind of, like, says what the audience is thinking in a lot of places, so I, I thought that was great. Um, you know, like, I love also, too, how it would come up on the screen. I mean, anytime we meet, like, a new person that's against her, like, it's, like, grievances. Like, this is what Harley did to this person. Like, you know, after Joker's protection goes away, this is what their, like, vendetta against Harley is. So I thought that was really cool. And I, I also loved her humor, too. Like, um, I just thought, you know, she was a great foil to, like, the more serious... I mean, of course, Huntress and Renee were funny, too. But, like, more, you know, she was a great, like, comedic to like the more serious version of praise, so I like that. Yes, um, I loved how whenever it was like a what what's the word I can use to describe it? Whenever there was like a critical moment or a a reflective moment from Harley, they would always cut to the 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 instrumental remix of "Jokes on You." Like it'll play in the background yeah. when she would ever expound on a thought or you know give her you know yeah. just. Say anything of Yeah, I love how they used that song. That was really cool how they used that song. Yeah, I, I loved how it was like a theme for her. Yeah. yeah. And I, I and, it's, and as I've been just sitting here dwelling on the movie, it's almost like it can, it's like like it's like a mental cue for her that this is the first time where she's really just speaking for herself 
and giving her yeah. own thoughts about it. And it's not tied to anything the jo- about the Joker or anything like that. So it's kind of like just kids, a reminder to her, like you're on your own two feet. You're not, rel- yeah. you're not reliant on him. That was, found- that was right. how they used that song because the, it, where it started was when she blew up Ace Chemicals. So that is kind of like the theme of when they would use that, that sample was whenever she was thinking for herself, like you said. Yeah, so I just, I really Yeah, I mean, think about what this song is called. It's called Jokes on You. Like, this is the time where exactly I'm not the I'm not the one that's being laughed at like you are, you know? So, like, um, I thought that it's was It's very great. poetic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's kind of symbolic of her, like, relationship with Black Mass, too, because, you know, at the end when she says, like, I'm the one they should be scared of, not you, like, you know? So, I like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just going right. to say, like, I love the scenes where they put the Ace Chemicals. It's so silly that those scenes were, like, important to me. Like, it's just, even though it's two seconds of um, acknowledging, like, what happened in Ace Chemicals. This is where yeah. me and Mr. J met. It's still so cool to see it. Like, I agree. Thanks for acknowledging that, like, specific. I thought it was just cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved how yeah, it was. Some of the best parts of the movie were like when they acknowledge the large Suicide Squad. Like I love, yeah, yeah, I love when she's in like when she's in the grocery store with Pat and she's talking about like I did this and I, I robbed this, you know, like. I, yep, she yeah. went through the list. Yeah. Wait, can I ask you a question? When she was in um, the jail cell getting um, cast, am I crazy or the poster that said "Wanted" was that? Boo? Yeah, yep. it was. Captain oh, it was. <laughs> she said, "I know that guy." Hey, I know that guy. I couldn't see well, but I was like, that looks like Boomerang. (laughs) That's cool, too. Well, yeah, since we're on the topic of Harley and movie theaters, I mean, not movie theaters, prison, the the police department, (laughs) can we talk about what is, in my opinion, one of the top three greatest fight action sequences in the comic books, and right there at the tippy top of DCU fight scenes, that whole police department section from beginning to end, my God, it was perfect. Was, it was perfect from the music, he, yeah. from the, from her theme. Here comes Harley Quinn, available on the Birds of Prey score, available on Spotify and Apple. Music. <laughs> Listen to it. Yes, get done listening to this. <laughs> Ooh, that man! And shout outs to my man Dan I mean, Pemberton, who did the score for Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, I love him so much, and I especially loved how, like. They've shown a lot of that scene in the trailers too. So like I was nervous that like they showed the whole thing, but they didn't. Like they they, they really did. did a good job of showing like the standout shots, but they didn't show like all the you know, it's actually a really long action sequence. So I liked it a lot. It reminded me of Sucker Punch. Yes. And man, my favorite and well, one of my favorite scenes of that whole sequence, because man, every scene in that was my favorite. But when she shot the two canisters that made the red and blue smoke. And then she slowly walked out <laughs> yeah. until you saw her profile and the smile. Yeah. Like that. That was perfect. And that was the money shot right there, for real, for real. Yes, it was. That entire sequence was a serve. Yes, and like, and I'm not like, and I've <laughs> I've seen many a superhero movies from the big two and beyond, and I have to say that that sequence towers towers above most of those scenes, if not all, because it was just so phenomenally done. And like, Kathy didn't have to kick my ass like that. She didn't have to do that. She could have just 
kept it cute and you know did some stuff but she said no if you don't get anything out of this movie <laughs> you gonna get this harley quinn serve and you gonna like it and that's just gonna be it and that's just gonna be all and that's what she did yeah yeah i think the action in the movie overall was really tight like i love the third act and the, and the fun house and i love the stuff on the motorcycle with harley like, in Huntress, like, I thought it was all... Like, so many people were complaining about, like, the lack of action and, like, how they had to bring, like, Chad Stahelski from John Wick on, like, but I couldn't tell. I thought it was great. Like, I think you... it was just enough... It was just enough action to make you, like, feel each and every character. Like, everybody, like, yeah. threw hands. They threw hands. Like, everybody, they was ready to go every time a situation happened. Like, it was really good as far as action. I do want to talk about the um, funhouse scene because I oh, saw a lot of criticism of people saying like, oh, it looked kind of awkward and unnatural, but it's like they're fighting in a funhouse. So I feel like that kind of made sense for why it looked like they were kind of like not sure of like what to do in certain cases because it's just like, how, because it's disorienting. Yeah. How, right. How graceful can you be on like a beam ladder or something when you're fighting? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. I mean, or something spinning have, around. Right. Well, and if canary, it looked too perfect, then it would just like... look choreographed. Right. And yeah. it, it's. I don't. I don't think it looked awkward at all. I think it looked fine. That that sequence took to, takes me back to like a critique that about how to gauge one of like a those cage gimmick wrestling matches and like when you're when you're doing a match like that while we all know while the audience knows it's not real and that there will be some choreographed aspects of it you have to sell it you have to sell the disorient the disorienting feeling about it like you're enclosed you're in this type of situation you're not used to so things are gonna you gotta make sure some things don't look as smooth versus in different scenarios and i feel like they that same type of feeling was in the funhouse because you're dealing with, you know, trampolines and these different levers and pulleys that go up and down. You're dealing with funhouse mirrors. You're dealing with all of these things that traditionally, if you're going to get into a fight, you're not going to naturally be involved with. And even with right. all of that said, they made it look dope and made it look fun and, you know, engaging to watch, especially that one sequence where it was, I believe it was one continuous shot where they were constantly getting Cass out of yeah, the way so she great. wouldn't get hurt. So yeah, I don't I don't I don't see the critique in that either. I don't feel like that's a fair critique to say that it was too unchoreographed or too messy or too hard to see, in my opinion. You know what scene that look that kind of mirrors that I just thought of? You know how in Suicide Squad there's that one sequence where they're playing like keep away with um Cap- miss with like Captain um Rick Flag and yeah. how they like keep away with Cassandra. Yeah. I yeah, Kathy uh, ended her homework for sure. Yeah, this truly I... Oh, I was just gonna say, I think that like I would just like we we talked about this a little bit um like amongst ourselves but like how birds of prey is so much like you know a lot of people were saying oh birds of prey is going to kind of be like a different direction and like a soft reboot but I think birds of prey is really like a suicide squad sequel 
And I love that. Like, it really does feel like, like, it doesn't feel, Kathy Ann really took the DNA of Suicide Squad and just, like, you know, applied it to other characters. And I, I love that. I thought that was a really yeah, good choice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, um, I feel like the best, as a person who loves Suicide Squad, personally, I know a lot of people either liked it or just liked aspects of it, but overall didn't mess with it like that. I feel like this movie took the absolute best, cleanest aspects of Suicide Squad and amplified it a hundredfold for the story it was telling. It was very, it was just, it, it's very unique in, a, in the best possible way as in very high quality in all aspects that they put out all of the ideas that they that they put to screen lands perfectly with the suicide squad aesthetic and i really enjoyed it for that right and just yeah like, it was um, the true sequel yes. and acknowledging like most sometimes when you go to a sequel to a movie or even like a standalone movie like most times they don't exactly acknowledge what the previous movie has done and I think it was just so cool that they were like no like Margot I mean Harley started in Suicide Squad like this is where you guys saw her in Suicide Squad come to life like let, let's give you guys something some aspects of it that you know I think personally they're like some aspects of it that were really cool and like the ace chemical scenes like yeah. acknowledging boomerang or just little like tiny easter eggs that you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't Suicide Squad. Like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe I'll have to go back and rewatch that to get that. Like, how cool is that? I think, yeah, I think that was like super cool because most directors, most movies don't have to do it. And to me, to acknowledge that proves to me, it seems like um, Margot kind of really was like, okay, let me give a shout out to Suicide Squad. Yeah, I, I could be looking way too much into it, but. That's, no, that's but you're right, because it's even cool that they would do that considering the negative discourse around Suicide Squad. Like, they're not afraid to, like, yeah. be like I don't care. I'm still going to reference it because that's what this is. You know, it is a, it is the true sequel. Even though they don't call it that, they, yeah. they reference it enough that and it, it makes sense so much. It's so, like, it lines up perfectly as a sequel. And, and just the references to the jo to Joker and, like, all the things that Harley went through with him. You know, and it's it's like even though the 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 um you know the people said what they said about it about Suicide Squad and there was so much negative discourse, they're like, I don't care. I'm st this is what this product is, so I'm gonna use that to our advantage in the storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, and I do think that like you know. Also, too, for people that didn't like Suicide Squad, it's not, like, in your face with it. Like, it's just enough to acknowledge that Suicide Squad happened and, like, you know, yeah. touch on, like, the yeah. good aspects of it. But, like, if you didn't like it, it's not, like, you know, shoved down your throat. I mean, I'm somebody who, I enjoy Suicide Squad, but I do, rec I do have problems with it. But I did overall enjoy it as a movie, like, when I saw it. Um, so I was so happy with, every Suicide Squad reference in the movie, like, especially that Boomerang one, that was great. I, I, had, I was like, I had the biggest smile, like, yes. Like, yes. But yeah, that's that's pretty much my <clears throat> my major thoughts on Birds of Prey. Yeah, I, I think that we should also touch a little bit on, you know, not 
go too deep into it, but we should also talk a little bit about um, some of the controversy surrounding the movie. Um, so, I guess we can get into, like, the big thing is this, the box office. So, Birds of Prey was initially projected to open with, like, what was it, like, 50, 45 million or something like that? Um, and it opened... Yeah. Yeah. It opened, you know, like almost half of like thirty, thirty-three, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, Birds of Prey is a flop. It's gonna, it's, you know, it's not gonna make any money." Um, but we're seeing Mm-mm. now that, like, you know, it's already made its budget back. It's made, a, I, I believe, like one sixty million worldwide, and it's looking like it's gonna hold really strongly this weekend. So, I don't think it's a flop as much as I think that, like, it's. I think there were definitely problems with the marketing. We've talked about this. Um, you know, this, yeah. I just don't think they went hard enough. I don't think they had enough of a presence. And I mean, you know, some people said, well, it had a lower budget. But I mean, at the end of the day, so did Deadpool and Deadpool's everywhere. So I just think they didn't push it enough, you know. And this is right. Like, Warner Brothers has done this so many times. They did it with Shazam. I mean, they were going to do it with Wonder Woman before the internet complained, you know. So, like, they, like, I feel like that's just their company strategy is like, we're not going to market the movie until a month out. And I feel like it doesn't right. work. So I guess what are you guys' thoughts on that whole situation? Like, do you think it's, do you think it's the marketing? Do you think it's just the movie not being like popular? Like, what do you think it is? Well, I definitely don't think that it's the movie not being popular. I will say that just looking at all the totality of everything, now that we've seen, now that it's two weeks now since the movie's been out, I believe that Warner Brothers was trying to create a low ceiling of failure for Kathy and Birds of Prey, but they weren't, but they still kind of were a little bit too scared to promote it as much as, as much as they should. I mean, we've talked about on previous podcasts the runtime might have influencing such a late start on the heavy push of the promo because out of fear of potentially showing too much of the movie but at the same time and that we've but we've all lamented this previously when the brazilian comic-con trailer dropped that should have dropped worldwide it shouldn't have just stayed at the you know at the convention like you know unlike wonder woman 84 which when that dropped we all saw it at the same time and as well we should have saw that birds of prey trailer which ended up being the quote-unquote final trailer of the movie that we saw in late December, early January, we should have saw that when it was first debuted. And I believe that would have kind of helped push the movie to maybe reach those goals at the 50 million, you know, the 50 million projecting projection that was reported. But I also think that it was a lot of, you know, real world factors that kind of prevented it. Not when I say real world, I don't mean bad. I don't mean bad word of mouth or, dude bros complaining i mean you know stuff like the coronavirus people were afraid of that people were yeah. afraid to, yeah. to go out the inclement weather and, in certain parts of the country that was a hindrance too so those right. things and plus with this being february not a large market and with this being a rated r movie not a lot of people would you know be jonesing to go out to the theaters at with those two major things because deadpool, <clears throat> deadpool didn't have any type of major issues that prevented people from going. It was just a regular February. Same thing for Black Panther. When that yeah. dropped, even though yeah. that was a more major release, those are just regular Februaries in those particular calendar release years. Release weekends. So, right. 
I think that gen gen generally a lot of people are sick right now too. Like it's just like everyone is has the flu and stuff. So that could definitely play a part. And it's like it's not a, everything that's wrong with with the box office has nothing to do with the film because if you go and see the film, like it's objectively a great film. So yes. I mean, it, it, it has to, there has to be some, some marketing issue there. I agree with Mikey in that way. There has to be something they could have done a little bit better for, you know, better presence. And a lot of other factors, like you said, like, like people just not going out right now and things like that. So, but I do think it will have legs and I do think it's going to keep performing even after the second weekend. So we'll see. Right. I think it. I think it'll be like one of those. It's a. It's gonna be a slow, a slow one, right. slow kill. Like it'll take a, a minute for it to build. But also, even seeing like reactions from the general audience, like who like I've seen someone on Twitter like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go see it. I have no interest in seeing it. But seeing it, and they're like, okay, this is amazing. Go support Bop, guys. Go see this awesome movie about like badass female characters who aren't a punchline, right. kicking ass. So. um I, I do think they did have some marketing issues, but I also think, like, I hate this pressure on, and it might not just be this movie, but, like, when it comes to female-led movies and female-directed movies, like, it, we're so quick to say it was a flop or, like, it did do well, mm. and, like, there's this pressure, like, it has to do perfect or... Or we're or we're never gonna get a sequel. Or it has to do this. Or and I genuinely hope Warner Brothers doesn't look at this and is like, okay, this was a fail. Let's not get um, Journey her sequel. Let's not do Gotham City Sirens. This was a fail because, like, if you're looking at fan reactions and general audience reaction, they love the movie. So if you you might not have like a box office killer on the first couple, yeah, weeks, but. Shouldn't it matter that more people want to see more stories from these characters and right. like exactly. you have yeah. the general audience saying this is amazing? Like I, I genuinely hope Warner Brothers isn't looking at this like we didn't make any money. Let's stop. Let's stop moving in this direction because that will be a serious loss. You have Kathy Yan, the first Asian director, Asian female director, to direct something like this. Like that's important. That's really important. And if Warner Brothers looks at this and be like, nah, we don't want to go through this, that that's a serious loss. And I think that would be a shame. Exactly. I think it's possible that we could get a sequel because since Warner Brothers is um seems to be moving forward with the Tomb Raider sequel and that didn't really make that much money at the box office. But I think also we need to get like the notion that like the movie like just because it didn't like make as it was like as much money as like people were expecting it to make opening weekend it still has months to go and also streaming which can like also boost interest in it so it's like it's not really so it's like basically it's not the end of the world it is disappointing that it did that it didn't open as high, but I feel like there's like, cause and at the end of the day, it's still like a critical success. It's still a success. Yeah. Audiences. So it's like, yeah, it, didn't, right. it, it wasn't gangbusters, but like WB definitely struck something with this. And this Especially is like, cause it was low budget. budget. It wasn't like, 
Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, it's a perfect opportunity to, like, grasp this moment. Like, go crazy. Give us toys. Like, give us all, like, this is, the hype is crazy now. Grasp right. it. Get so many sequels. Get stuff in talks. Like, do it now. Don't, don't not do it because of, you know, like, it's just a perfect opportunity. And it would be disappointing if Warner Brothers was like, nah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, definitely utilize HBO Max to, like, get, like, the birds of prey more attention and stuff. Yeah, that could be the perfect vehicle for different projects and just the overall things that we want to see, you know, as a product of what we saw in Birds of Prey. I could definitely see a Birds of Prey series on HBO Max just to, like, a continuing storyline of them of them actually at the end and they're seeing their afterlife after the movie and everything and maybe that can be an in-between of a sequel but I would love to see more from these characters yeah and I will say this and I don't think this is brought up not nearly enough in in regards to the how to how Warner Brothers should approach moving forward and birth and that's Birds of Prey is for all intents and purposes the third if not second best reviewed DCEU movie of all, you know, so far. Like, and and we and us as a fandom, we know how we feel about the receptions about Man of Steel and BVS. And the less said about Justice League, the better. But when we compare it to the the, of the two major, like the two most loved DCEU films, Wonder Woman and Shazam, Birds of Prey is right up there and more and probably more so above Shazam and right under Wonder Woman. So I would hope Warner Brothers is looking at this movie and going, you know, because you know they love, above all else, they love reception. They love the receptions for these movies a little bit more than I would say the box office. And I would hope that they're looking at these characters and they're going, okay, there is a market for them. And the people who have seen it, they've raved about it a lot. It's not just, oh, it was good for a DC movie. It's, no, this is a fantastic movie. You should go see it. So... I feel like if any decisions are going to be made, I just hope that they take that into an account, into account and not just look at the box office, even though I don't think that they'll just be looking solely at that because if they were, then they wouldn't have made it low budget. They would have did everything in their power to make it an extravaganza that they wanted everyone to see. Yeah, I agree. I think that, like, also, also, too, you have to think about the fact that at the end of the day, this movie, like, we're dealing with a studio who is very, you know, like, when you look at the box office for Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, those movies did extremely well at the box office. But they had bad reviews, and at the end of the day, that was that was what motivated Warner Brothers to go in a different direction, not necessarily how much money they made. So I I do think that the whole, you know, they pay more attention to reviews than box office is a good point because, you know, I mean, Birds of Prey has great reviews, especially for the DCEU, which, like, half the movies are rotten, you know. So I think that, I definitely think we're going to see these characters again. I just don't know whether it's going to be in a movie or on a show. Um, and, I'm, I mean, to be honest with you, as long as the show is, like, not you know like as long as the show is not like super low quality like budget wise as long as it's not the cw 
Let's just say. Let's just say it. As long as the show is not the CW, and then we will live with it being on HBO Max with them continuing. Here we go again. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like while money does talk in Hollywood, at the end of the day, it's quality over the quantity, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and even though Warner Brothers, I mean, they are definitely, they, they have done stuff just monetary reasons. I think that they really are concerned with, like, the reviews and stuff. So, I mean, it would be it would be not very smart for them to, you know, like, this movie was so well-received. Even not even just the critics, but people, everyone that saw it, like, everyone that went to the theater, everyone, everybody that did go to the theater and actually see it loved it. So I think it would be a kind of a waste to like not do anything with that. You know, I mean, I I've talked about I'm not really that worried about Harley because I I don't think they would give Harley a, a show. I think Harley's definitely a big screen character. Um, but I think that yeah. for the actual birds like like Renee, you know, Black Canary, Huntress. I think they could get their own like HBO show, uh, which would be really cool. You know, um, and. Or maybe they, because you know, we know that Christina Hotz and the Birds of Prey writer is developing a Batgirl movie, so maybe they could cameo there or something, you know. But I definitely think, I, I'm not worried about not seeing these characters again. I mean, I was at first, but like, as time has gone on, I think I think they're going to appear again in the DCEU. I think we're going to see them again. Also, though, like, the representation, y'all, like, I can't get over Black Canary being Black. <laughs> like, yeah. Black Canary's Black, like, it's just yeah. crazy to me. I feel like people are glossing over the fact that, you know, there's so much representation now in the DCU. Like, they don't have to do it, but they do do it. And, like, like even Renee Montoya, like, like she's openly gay or bisexual? I think lesbian. Yeah, she's, she's a openly, lesbian. Yeah. She's openly lesbian in the movie, and it's it's just there. It's not a punchline. It's, it, like, it's acknowledged and that's okay. It's not a punchline. There's nothing wrong. Like, I don't know. Seeing that, it was just like, okay, like, yeah, finally, you know, you know, it just felt good. Yeah, I definitely okay. agree. Let me stop. Yeah. yeah, the representation. I mean, I think that Warner Brothers, yeah, and I think that Warner Brothers, like, if they don't, if they can Birds of Prey, I think they would, like, I don't think social media would be too happy about that. So, like, like especially with all the viral birds of prey human thing, I don't. I think they would not. I think that would be a good idea. So. Yeah, and uh, a quick, a uh, quick something I just read. Turns out when in the police, in the police locker scene, when she gets out of when she's chasing Cavs and she gets to the bat, turns out that katana is actually the soul taker katana sword, and that was a nice, that was a little Easter egg for the another suicide oh, squad cool. Easter egg. No, that's Wait, so, uh, so her sword is in the um, evidence locker. Yeah, when she's looking at the chainsaw sword and the bat, and she picks up the bat, that that the sword is Soul Taker Katana sword. Oh, so it's basically so many Suicide Squad Easter eggs just laying there all over. I the love person. that. Yep. But yeah, I need that back. Oh, I need now. I need and now I need Katana back. I need the girls yeah. back. But yeah, Katana. 
but yeah, the representation in Birds of Prey, and as much as people love to try to downplay representation, like it's not and not something you know movies should strive for when it absolutely is, the representation was fantastic in that movie, and we definitely need to see more of these birds because they're just especially where we are at now, like in the world, like people talk so much about like, oh, we're gonna actually do the representation thing, and then they don't even they give it to us, but it's like barely a crumb. It's not even the way it's properly supposed to be. So it's nice just to see, you know, this in a proper way that most movie or even content creators aren't doing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, I mean, a lot of times with with certain other comic books, Studios, Papa. The representation is very forced. They're like, you know, it's like a two-second scene, or like, you know, the like the the characters of color, like background characters, and you know, like with this, it, it very much felt like, even though some people have tried to argue that it didn't, which is ridiculous, it felt like all the characters had an important role in the movie, and you know, all the representation was genuine representation, and like. You know, people who are not part of these groups that haven't been represented in Hollywood for centuries love to comment on it. But at the end of the day, you know, I am somebody like who, like the whole LGBT thing. A lot of people are saying, oh, you know, I don't think the LGBT representation was good representation. Um, I thought it was good representation, you know. So, like, I, I just I, I just don't. I think that people are not taking the seriousness of having a you know a character openly talk about her ex and like cut to Ali Wong who was just gorgeous like I, I don't think people are taking that seriously though. you know so I, I, I just thought it was fantastic I also think it's like a thing too like just because Renee's entire story arc isn't about her coming out or her dedicated like being dedicated to a like relationship doesn't mean that the representation isn't there yeah yeah I agree in Hollywood they act like the you know queer characters are supposed to be like you know, they're supposed to be going through, like, religious, you know, conversion therapy, or, like, they're supposed to, you know, be in this, like, end-all, <laughs> right. end-all relationship. Like, she just has a girlfriend, and that's it. Like, it's not, it doesn't have to be some big thing, you know? So. Yeah, she's just there, like, LGBTQ plus character, they, they're just there sometimes. Like, that's the reality of it, and you're actually seeing a real version of a kid like she's a, and plus i think it's interesting renee was already is already dealing with so much at that precinct like surrounded by misogynistic gross men you know like it yeah could, like i can definitely see certain other movie franchise other movies being like um putting that together or trying to make something out of it like or making her being lesbian a punchline and I'm glad they didn't do that with this movie. It's just she's LGBTQ plus, and that's it. That's all there is. She has she had a girlfriend. That's not central yeah. to the plot. She's just there. It's not central to the plot. Her relationship. Yeah. Hmm. 
and also yeah, and i mean for critics like all these critics complaining like isn't this what you guys were just saying you wanted like why is this suddenly a problem when it's the dc movie i wonder why and also i just like and again want to reiterate this straight people we shouldn't be leading any kind of, we shouldn't be policing you know over well not even well what's the word I'm looking for we should not be over talking the marginalized groups that are being represented represented in their opinions on it and i feel like that has happened with birds of prey where too many straight people are talking about the represent the the lgbt representation in the movie and not uplifting the voices of the LGBT community who've seen the movie, who are voicing their opinions on it. And I believe that that is leading to a lot of misinformation about what's going on and a lot of bad, well, not just bad, let me not undersell it, a lot of garbage takes about the situation. And I do think that there are too many, specifically one who, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to still have time to get on that topic, but... It's just, just in all, like, like, <laughs> like you and Tabitha said, it's the the representation was great, and that it, it doesn't need to be some sort of some sort of fictionalized, overly done representation. Sometimes, right. just, they're just there and just living their life like normal people do, who just so happen to live in a a world where superheroes and super gangsters are, and they're trying to work to stop that. Yeah, I also just want to say, Warner Brothers, if you want to keep this this representation up, I would love to see Midnighter and Apollo. Please give it to us. Please give us Midnight and Apollo. Please. <laughs> Let's go ahead and fan cast right now. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to see it. Um, but so, um, you know, we we're getting close to hour and a half, so we should, you know start to wind it down, but I do just want to talk about a couple more things uh, as far as Birds of Prey. So, uh, Q, you mentioned <laughs> the the one person that, you know, has really been on Birds of Prey's case and, like, crashes the movie. And I think we should get into that because, you know, I just find it really sad that, you know, she is someone who has claimed that she just supports you know, women so much and she's just also passionate about yeah. women empowerment. But then you have a female led superhero movie with all this representation and it's such a problem because it's not what you want. You know, and it's like right. I understand it's like you wanted you know, you wanted a certain storyline done or whatever and you were disappointed that you didn't get that, but I don't think you should take that out on the movie that we did get. You know? So Right. You know, and it's not her it's like a larger conversation about oh there's no oracle and there's no uh, it's not Gotham City Sirens and like all this stuff where people are just complaining but like at the end of the day this is the movie we're getting and you, you either like it or you don't and you don't have to like it but you don't have to trash it either so right. or at least like, taking yeah. their anger out on Margo like even when it's yeah. been really clear from day one that they've advocated for other ad- like you watch their interviews, watch watch their talk. Like they all said they've advocated for other characters to be seen in the movie, but they couldn't. And even like having Margot talk about that, that should be enough for people to be like, okay, let's not trash her because right. she didn't want it that way. But we did get, we still got something amazing. So we should at least be grateful that we got something amazing because let's be honest, you could if Margot wasn't a part of the 
the creative team, I don't know that we would have gotten the movie that we gotten. We know? definitely but, wouldn't have. Right. So yeah. let's be grateful for that aspect of it. Yeah, I do. I agree. See the birds of prey like this early in the DCU. If it weren't for her. Right. Yeah. We wouldn't at all. She was the one that, like, I, I bet if she didn't push that, it would just be, like, Harley Quinn solo. Like, who knows what the storyline would have been. Like, we don't know. You know what I mean? Like, that was all her, I believe. And people trash her without even knowing. They're just, like, they see the, the TV spots or the commercials without really, like, being, like, you know, full-fledged in, in the, um, you know, conversation of the DCEU. And they think right away, like, this isn't this isn't right. This isn't comic accurate, whatever. But they don't know how how hard it was to even push to get these characters on screen, the ones that we did get. Yeah, and I'm just. Well, I also think you have to think about the fact that like Warner Brothers, was, but like one, my girl has talked about in interviews that Warner Brothers was pushing her to do. He's never gonna do a, a like a Harley and Joker movie, and like right. people really wanted to see Harley and Joker, and like my girl was like, no, we need to get her away from him. And, as yeah. I have some female friends. So right. I think without Margot's, you know, backbone, I don't think we would have got that. Exactly. I I agree a hundred percent. And I just and I, I just kind of feel bad because a lot of the discourse about how Birds of Prey performing does revolve around the the reasoning behind not calling it the Harley not calling it Harley Quinn. And just going forward with Birds of Prey, and while I I understand the logic of what these what you know, and uh, and surprisingly, this is coming from the positive reviews who wondered why it wasn't just called Harley Quinn, but it, it kind of underscores just how much faith and rightfully so Margot had in the Birds of Prey property, and not just going oh Harley Quinn because she could have easily done that. She could have easily just said Harley Quinn, promoted it as a Harley Quinn movie, and then, oh, the surprise would have been just how big of a role the other Birds of Prey had in the yeah. film. But she, but she was adamant from Jump Street that, no, this isn't a Harley Quinn solo movie with supporting players. This is a Birds of Prey film. Harley is there, but this is just as much as their film as this is her film. And I, I just wish that would be more talked about because it's either not being talked about or it's being ignored so they can try to paint Margot as being this selfish shrew who only cares about herself and none of her cast members. Which I, like, is, right, like, isn't what Margot doing, like, the definition of supporting, like, she's supporting the girls and putting other people, propping other people up. Even when, like, her in interviews, she's like, it's not about Harley Quinn. Like, I mean, it is about Harley Quinn, but essentially it's about the other people in the movie and I right. think everyone's glossing over the fact that Margot didn't have to didn't have to do that. That's the definition of putting other characters above your character and supporting the girls. Don't we all want to support the girls? So like, isn't that what we asked for? We're getting that and we're complaining. Yeah, and I just find it so funny too. I find it so funny too how like everybody was so mad that like the movie is called Birds of Prey, but it was like a lot about Harley. But like at the end of the day, you know, Margot fought for it to be called Birds of Prey and, like, for it to be focusing on these women and not be called Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey or whatever. And, yeah. you know, with that Birds of Prey title, I mean, they initially, they eventually had to change the title, which uh, we, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. But, well, they, like, well, if, they didn't. You know, if, if, um, if, you know, she hadn't 
if she had called, if she had just called it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, just like Harley Quinn the movie or whatever, like, I mean, a lot of these people that are saying they wanted it to not be about her didn't even go see the movie when it was propping up these other women. So, like, right. what is yeah. the truth? You know, like, like you guys didn't support it either way. So, Yeah, but and also they didn't change the film in the movies. Like this, like the movie, like will be promoted. Birds of Prey is just that yeah. on and online realtors and like when you buy the tickets, it'll just be abbreviated to Harley Quinn colon Birds. Of yeah, Prey. like at the theater, right? But the official title is still yeah. Birds of Prey, and the official and the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. Which is again, yeah. which is again a pet peeve of mine because people aren't being aren't accurately discussing the movie and with the changes and or the lack thereof what's going on they're continuously putting out confusing misinformation about what's going on like the box office and that situation yeah yeah um i wanted to get into this title thing though because a lot of people were like oh, too little too late you know it is what it is um and i have to kind of agree with that like i feel like you know that you know if that's what they wanted to be called, they should have called it called it that from the beginning. I like the title the way it is. I like, you know, it's Birds of Prey, you know, with the, you know, fantastic participation of one Harley Quinn. I like that. So I don't think that they, and I don't think at this point changing the title is really going to, you know, help anything as far as the box office. And so I wanted to get you guys thoughts on that. Like, what do you think about them changing the title? I think for me, it was just like, not saying that it was a little too late, but at the same time, it's like, I like the first title, and I think the first title stuck, just because she said one thing, this is like, yeah. not only this is her emancipation, this is emancipation of them all, and that's what right. I received from the movie the first time, and the second time I saw it, they all was going through some type of trial or tribulation or some type of situation, and they were all free from that by the time they got to the third act and had to work together. So for me, I I mean, either or, I, I'm, I like the title, but I really just want people to focus on the first title because it really is an emancipation of them all and each of the characters. And that just, it just goes well with the whole overall story of the movie and everything. Yeah, I feel that the title change is whatever, whatever, try, whatever gets the butts in the seats, as I say. I, I mean, so long as it's still being reflect, ref, respectful to the vision of the movie, I mean, it can't it can't hurt. Like unless they call it Joker's ex girlfriend leaves him, but she's gonna get back with him. That's the only way I can I can think of a name a title change for this movie hurting it. But I I do I do feel like if they were going to just go ahead and do it, then they should have done it from Jump Street. But I'd rather they title change it than they change the rating, which I feel, which I have seen people discuss, which would be a terrible idea if they did that. I don't care what anyone says. So, yeah, it is what it is for me. When it comes yeah, to the, title, the, the thing that they should have done sooner was, I feel like they should have made it Harley Quinn, semicolon, Birds of Prey on the theater sites earlier, but Right. It's still like the title, still Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. And I feel like exactly. there's a reason why that title stuck so long 
and made it into like posters and stuff. Yeah, and even made it past like opening weekend. Like that really did wasn't announced until what like Sunday. Yeah, into opening weekend. So I think that I think that um, like obviously the original title is going to be on like the Blu-rays and like you know after the whole theater run. So I think it's fine. I don't think it's that big of a deal that they made the change for the theater um, sites and like what how they you know put put it up on the screen and stuff like at the theaters and all. I think that it might catch some locals' eyes more. Like I kind of see the approach. I think that Jamari's right in the fact that they probably should have just had that at the theaters to begin with, and like we know, but yet the real title is the real title. But you know, we'll see. Who knows? Uh, apparently, the numbers are you know keep rolling in, so maybe it did help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, whatever gets the best of seats, whatever gets people to see this movie for the love of God, I don't care. But I do wish they would have just done it earlier. Right. It feels yeah. reactionary. It feels like one of us is like panicking, and I don't like that because at the end of the day, this is this is the opening you got. You know, deal with it. Like yeah, you know, it's not the best look. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they should change the title so much. It's just from like promote the movie and like they could do so much viral stuff for Valentine's Day. I mean, they did do that one video but like, you know, it's just like, I, I feel like it speaks to a larger problem with the marketing overall is that there's so much stuff they could do that they just didn't, you know. So, instead of changing the title, I feel like they should change the marketing. You know, like, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess that takes us into our, takes us to the end of our Birds of Prey discussion. Um, we there's a lot of other stuff that's happened since we last reported, but you know it's too much to talk about in one episode, so we're gonna be uh, doing another episode to talk about that. But I guess final thoughts are just for me: go see Birds of Prey, please. Absolutely. Uh, you know, in theaters now. You know, wherever you can see it. You know, support it if you wanna. If you want to see one of the other movies that's playing this weekend and you want to, like, hey, you see Birds of Prey and sneak into that, nobody's going to judge you for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> a couple of us were talking about doing that. Um, but, yeah, see Birds of Prey. But also see, you know, just keep in mind that this is about more than just the DCEU and, like, superhero movies. This is about representation for so many people. Like, you know, and not yeah. Yeah. the movie, like, the actresses in the movie itself, but also the behind-the-camera, like, I think this is like the most, you know, diverse. This is like the most, like, I think all of the people working behind the camera in terms of like costume design, hair, makeup, and stuff were all female. And, you know, there was an Asian director, Asian writer, and all that stuff. So, like, this is just really important for like that aspect of it. Like, Warner Brothers might not want to do it again if they, if they see that there's not an audience for it. So, just please support Brexit. Absolutely. And, yeah, and also, like, give love and show love to like the amazing actresses like like go on twitter go on facebook tell everyone you know like go support these actresses who especially ls is 13 years old and she did the thing like you know especially because like there's been such make like negative reviews among not most not all men but most men like go out and support and show love to journey margot um 
Mary, Rosie, like, Mary. Yeah, yeah, show love and show support because this movie is like it means so much to so many different people, and they probably already like see the love and outpouring, but just do some more love and outpouring. It doesn't hurt, yeah. and it, it feels great. It it must. I can't imagine what Journey must be feeling right now to have all this praise. Like I hope mm-hmm. she feels the love that we feel for her for bringing this character to life. You know, yeah. so I, I just if everyone yes. can do that, show some love and show some support, to, especially to Kathy Ann. Don't be yes. in her DMs yelling at her, be in her DMs. Everybody her say thank you, Kathy Ann. Yes. Thank you. And and you definitely have an open invitation to this to Worlds of DC at any point. Yeah, if you ever want to come on, we'd love to have any of the versions for Kathy Journey. Like, please, because we would we would love to talk to you guys. Yes. Um, so does anybody else have any last thoughts before we wrap up? Also, support the music. Both the albums are fire. Cause yes. The first album with the all yeah. the female female artists. It's a couple of people that I didn't know about. What's her name? Uh, that sings "Experiment on Me." That's like my favorite song. Halsey. And I've been oh, I've been Halsey. listening. I've been listening to her old music, and I'm starting to become a stand for her. Yes, like welcome. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> thank you, like for real, because like that's like my go-to song right now. I don't know, it gives me chills every time, and I just say go support both the albums because, like I said, that's a way to be introduced to new new artists that you yeah. never knew about. I mean, I know about Meg and I know about uh, Doja, but being exposed to other female artists is actually helping me grow my list with people that I like. So, yeah, support the music as well. For sure. Um, okay, so I guess if we don't have any more final thoughts, we can go ahead and wrap up. So, um, as always, uh, you guys, uh, if, if we all want to say where everybody can find us, uh, well, first of all, you can find our podcast social media at Worlds of DC Pod on Twitter. Uh, we have, you know, we share DCEU news and like we also put that's what we post you know whenever we do an episode so you can follow us there just to see you know updates for when we're going to record and like what we plan on talking about stuff like that um so once again it's at words with DC pod um and as for me you can find me on twitter at mikey underscore talks and uh, once again that's mikey underscore talks and I just I talk about DC a lot uh, but I also just talk about you know everything that's going on right now politically and stuff like that so if you're interested you can follow me there um and you can find me um at uh on twitter and instagram at lucifina with two underscores that's l-u-c-i-f-i-n-a and two underscores on instagram and twitter And you can find me on Twitter um, at Jamari Writes. You can find me. This is Kwaman. You can find me on Twitter at Kwaman Star G. You can find me on Instagram at Kwaman Star. And you can find me every Sunday on Facebook Live, Into the Universe. Me and my brother talk about everything geeky, gamey, and nerdy for all of your for all of your extra needs in the nerd sphere. Also, check me out on OnlyFans in a couple of months. <laughs> you can find me, Tabitha, um, at Tab Casey with two Ys on Twitter. 
And you can find me at underscore odd geek on Twitter. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for talking today. And um, it's been great to talk to you guys. So everybody say bye. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye. Follow me.